We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hyben, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. To you, the listener, I want you to know that I appreciate you, and I'm thrilled to have you here for another episode. If there is ever anything that I can do to support you, please reach out. That being said, LinkedIn is the channel that you'll find me on. Just search for Lori Heidi. You can simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and maybe an upcoming event that I might be at. If you'd like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references social capital. I can't wait to hear from you. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer, you have to first understand your customer. Learn more at keystoneclick.com. The topic of relationships ties in very closely with marketing. That's why I'm bringing on marketing experts with a variety of backgrounds for you to learn and grow from. Today's guest is Kurt Kleinden. Let's see. Kurt is the president of Kleinen Associates, a marketing communications agency in Akron, 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 Ohio. <laughs> Kurt has more than 15 years of experience in marketing, branding, and media relations. He also has experience as the founding editor of an arts and entertainment magazine editor and as a college professor. In his professional capacity, Kurt focuses on marketing strategy and helping his clients find the right balance between digital opportunities and traditional marketing efforts. With a background in storytelling, he truly enjoys developing new ways to convey a message within all the possibilities that are possible in social media and digital marketing. As the host of his own podcast, 343, which I've been on, Kurt interviews business owners on tips and tricks that have helped them build a successful business. Kurt is avid in his volunteer work at the Akron area and has a passion for helping organizations that aim to improve the lives of children. Currently serves on the board of a local arts organization that helps artists establish a sustainable brand and business model. He's a published writer and photographer with more than 100 articles and photos that have appeared in print in various magazines and journals. Kurt, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lori. I'm happy to be here. I, I'm excited to have you here, too. Hopefully I did butcher, uh, is it Akron? Akron? It, it's it's Akron. And, uh, Akron. Yeah, don't... Don't let LeBron James uh, hear that. Uh, uh, celeb. <laughs> yeah, Akron, Ohio. All right. I, I felt like as soon as I said it that I was saying it wrong. So that's, <laughs> that's my own fault. Um, hey, well, let, let's dive into it. Uh, so when does on-brand come off as artificial when networking? Yeah, so you know, we work with a lot of different clients on figuring out what is what is their brand where where should they be positioned and sometimes when people think about branding they think just about maybe the visuals of a brand but of course everything that comes with that includes things like mission statements and vision statements and lots a lot of different uh, wording that goes along with it as well and part of that is elevator speeches and you know, when we talk about networking and how do you keep, how do you keep your branding feel both um, on brand but feel authentic as opposed to just reciting an elevator speech. So what I what, the way I put it here is that I think that an elevator speech really has to match the person who's saying it. So it's like 
have you ever heard like a muscle car drive by, you know, that sound. Um, and, and you're like, okay, something's, something's really loud and something <laughs> yeah. in the background. Right. Yeah. So whenever you hear that, you know, you look and you're, you're, you're expecting to see, you know, maybe a Dodge charger or something that, you know, a muscle car. Uh, but you know, what if you heard that sound and you looked and you saw, I don't know, maybe like a 20 year old Subaru, um, totally mismatches what you're expecting, right? Uh, and and if you think about that with networking, there's nothing wrong with being that loud car, if that's kind of a metaphor for maybe that elevator speech. Um, there's nothing wrong with being that 20-year-old Subaru either, but they don't necessarily match. Uh, so I think it's really important that when you think about how you're talking about maybe you, yourself, what you do or your company, that that really matches how you present yourself. Because that ha- that's really important to come for people to make that feel natural. Uh, so when you're thinking about uh, when you think about the elevator speech, and, and sometimes a lot, of, a lot of our clients, we write that for them, and you're getting to recite that. Just make sure that that matches the image that you're presenting, um, but also who you're speaking to as well. Um, you think about that same metaphor. It's uh, uh, if, if if it's a muscle car and it sounds like a muscle car and looks like a muscle car, but it's uh, let's say you know at a somber event. Well, you can't necessarily come with that same. Uh, presentation for that. So think about making sure that uh, all those brand elements that have were so meticulously created match how you're presenting it and who you're presenting it to. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's great, great advice to, to share. I think that definitely um, is important. And, and I agree with you 100% that you, you want to come off and you, you want to show your authentic self. You don't, you don't really want to be positioned as is false or, or artificial. Um, how can audience preparation help you tell an, an authentic yet on-brand story, and let's say at a networking event? Yeah, well, so uh, let me ask you, Lori, do you st- when you are about to go to a networking event, are, do you do any kind of preparation yourself? Do you have any kind of things that you do to, to get ready, or do you just kind of go into it and just see what happens? I think it depends on if I've been to that group or type of event before or not. If, I, if this is the first time I'm at an event, I'll definitely do a little homework about um, uh, what what to expect from like, what should I dress? How should I dress? What should I wear? Um, is this a sit down? Is it a mingle? Is it a, like a structured event? Is it more of a kind of a loosey goosey event from you know, just kind of casual conversation? Um, yeah. It depends on if I've been there before or not, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I, what I've seen, and right now we can look and look at networking events as uh, traditional or, or virtual. I mean, there's plenty of uh, learning experiences where you can meet other people, and uh, but it's not in person. Um, but I think you know either way, there are there's usually about three types of people that you meet at these type of events. The the first one and probably the most common is when okay, so you're meeting someone for the first time, and it's it's a kind of an organic, natural um, uh, learning opportunity. So you find out about what they do, they find out what, what you do, and that's when yeah, the whole uh, elevator speech and, and and talking about what you do uh, that comes into play. Uh, so that that person is friendly enough to find out what uh, a little bit more about you. 
Uh, and I said, let's, that's usually the most common. That's the type of people you'd find at those type of events. But there's a second type here that, and I'm sure you've run across this, that they either only talk about themselves or they never ask questions about you. Sometimes they're just too shy to ask those questions. Uh, uh, and sometimes, well, they, they, they really want to express who they are. And I, I think that uh, my tip when you, when you have that type of person you're working with is that you don't necessarily need to talk about yourself or your company to be on brand. Uh, sometimes it's the questions you ask that can help shape who you are, how you're representing yourself, how you're positioning yourself as a person. So even when you have that type of person that is not really interested in finding out about you, uh, ask them questions that tells them more about you. Uh, think about it that way. And then the third type of person, uh, which is actually, I think, my favorite type of person, is, is one that you never really ask about what they do professionally. They don't do the same. Um, and, and that happens because really they're just trying to make a connection or even make a friend. Uh, you know, that these type of engagements here, again, whether it's in person or virtual, uh, we, uh, we have a limited amount of time that we can connect with people. And if you, if you just find out, you know, what do you do from eight till five or whatever it is professionally, um, that's nice. Uh, but I really find it so much more valuable when you can have this honest connection that no matter whether or not this is someone that you're going to do business with uh, or have any kind of actual per, uh, professional relationship with, that they can walk away from that saying, you know what, that person listened to me and I would, I would love to just you know, have lunch with them again. Uh, someone that you can uh, that you can say, hey, this is this is a this is a comfortable person. They're 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 just able to converse with me in a natural way, and in this kind of a case, I think it's everything that you don't say that's part of your brand. Uh, so again, in different situations where it's not necessarily what you say, but it can be the questions you ask or the things that you don't say that really represent who you are. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we've always heard that actions speak louder than words in a lot of ways. So it's how you how you how you show up and and showing again being um I would say genuinely interested in that person as opposed to just kind of going through the motions. This is gonna definitely build a stronger relationship there. Um Kurt, how can you reflect your brand when it comes to digital networking? Yeah, so as we think about uh the virtual meetings that we attend and this can be this can be a networking uh, standpoint or it can be a something a virtual meeting that you have with a client or another type of professional relationship um, you know this is by no means new but it is creating the branded background you familiar with what i'm talking about with those um Lori? yeah like the um yes yeah so, um, and, and I think some people put some good thought into it, mm -hmm. uh, yep. and it, and and that's I love when that happens. Uh, but some people just put maybe a logo up. Um, so here's or their here's favorite sports story. teams or something, or you know, like they right. don't even use their own brand at all. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can you can use that sometimes to tell a little bit about yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a case recently where the. Uh, this was this was a person put their logo like centered, really nicely centered, you know, perfectly centered with a white background behind them. And so it represented their brand. 
And, uh, and so there, but, you know, as we know, in, in our virtual meeting atmosphere, you know, your, your, your face and your, your uh, image is, is usually centered as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened was the logo by no intentional means at all, uh, gave this person devil horns. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, you never could have predicted it. Sure until you saw it in live there. And I'm just like, okay, this is definitely not the brand that they were trying to represent here. Um, so as you look at how you're representing, sometimes we, we think about that and say, all right, so how can we, how can we take what we're doing and, and not be just so in your face with just a like slap a logo on there? Let's use, let's use um, brand palettes and mm-hmm. maybe we use a little bit of wording, but think about our positioning on the screen. Just put a little bit of extra thought into it so that you indeed do not represent a uh, demon that has been reincarnated into your body uh, <laughs> representing your brand on the screen. Yeah, well, and sometimes too, you have to think about like the different experience based on the device, you know, so, you know, uh, in in different screen sizes kind of will position things in a different way. But yeah, those that are using that space effectively um, can tell a strong story and even have a call to action, you know, that encourages you to to connect and, and take the next step um, and, and establish trust too. There's a lot of beneficial ways to use that. So um, I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, Kurt, I'm going to ask you a fun question here. So if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Yeah, if I could go back and give myself advice when I was 20, what I think what I would do was uh, I would I would tell myself to prepare for any kind of meeting or any kind of event where I would engage with people uh, with maybe a, a, just a little bit of research or maybe timely news. Uh, so I, I would usually usually come into conversations uh, just blind, you know, let's let it guide it as, as it goes. And okay, that, that uh, got by. Uh, it, I think there's a real benefit to being interesting and to being able to, uh, to to bring something to the table that, again, if it's timely, if it's news oriented, uh, and I'm talking about more than just like the weather, you know, yeah. <laughs> people, yeah. let's jump in. Hey, I'm sure it was a hot day today. Well, yeah, we, yeah, that's, that's real original. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But, you know, if you're talking, let's say you're going to an automotive conference, you know, figuring out something that relates to supply chain or to manufacturing problems that are going on right now, uh, that that is that really is something that can make you stand out, make you interesting and make you lo- look like you know what you're talking about. And mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I, I would have uh, I think I would have benefited from just having a little bit more time that went into that to think about that. And, and like I said, I, I think that also makes you interesting and, and people appreciate that. Yeah. Um- no, I, I agree with that. One of the things that I um, try to do when I am attending any sort of a, a networking event organization is is to show up with something uh, is an ask and a give, you know, because everyone, um, mm-hmm. good networkers want to be able to give something. So for for them to be able to do that, it, I can make it easier and starting to establish that relationship both ways is by having an ask ready and a simple ask that is easy for them to fulfill. Um for example, hey, I'm I'm looking for a, a dog sitter, you know, or a dog walker during the day, you know. So so something that's just kind of, it's not a heavy ask, it's a simple mm-hmm. ask, but it, it's starting to build that report. But then something that I can 
I can give as well. So maybe um, it's an invitation to to come to another the, another event with me or um, an invitation to or a book that I'm reading and you know a recommendation like oh I'm reading this really good book now I'll send you a link to it or whatever or an interesting article podcast I heard whatever it is but just being prepared to kind of have um, a couple different speaking points and something that you can give and 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 ask for at the same time can can make that a lot easier too. Yeah, I love that idea. It's non-committal, but it allows you to connect on that a uh, little bit more of a personal basis. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, Kurt, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something that you'd like to ask me? Well, let's see, Lori. Uh, well, uh, tell you what. Uh, how big of an op- how big of an event? Let's say by number of people. You, you, you've got events we can go to where it's a, a small, intimate crowd or a you know larger, thousands of people at it. What what type of event do you work best at? Uh, what's most comfortable for you and why? I love this question because I feel like it's not a question that a lot of people talk about, but um, you know, I think a lot of people think I have a, a big personality and I like being around a lot of people, but the reality is I'm more of a intimate experience type of person. So, you know, smaller groups of, you know, five, five to 10, maybe a dozen folks is, is more more my speed because I believe that you can create deeper relationships and bonds and and conversations and those environments where really big rooms can often be intimidating um in my in my opinion and from my perspective I've shown up at events you know where there's there's a thousand people and if you don't know anyone it's really hard to try to find you know someone to connect with unless you are a very outgoing person and and sometimes you just got to step outside your comfort zone and walk up to someone shake hands or inject yourself in a random conversation um but that's intimidating and that's scary so i find that the smaller groups are way less intimidating and and um a lot easier to start having that more heartfelt conversation yeah I agree. And, and particularly at big events when it's noisy, isn't it the worst trying yes. to actually have a conversation where you can't even hear what they're saying? Yeah. 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 There's, yeah, it, it's hard. And it just seems to get louder and louder because everyone's just trying to talk over <laughs> to hear everyone. So it kind of, yeah, that's a struggle for sure. Um, good question. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Kurt, do you have any final words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, Laurie, if I were to give one piece of advice, it, it's it's somewhat counterintuitive where people's minds are right now, because I've heard a lot of people that would disagree with this. But I would say when you walk into a room of people that you're meeting for the first time, have the coolest business cards in the room. <laughs> I love that. So, I mean, I, I often get often asked, okay, are business cards still relevant? You know, if my answer is, uh, if there's one out of a hundred people that asks you for your business card, then the answer to that question is yes. And there will be one out of a hundred people that still want a business card. I know it's, you know, it may be a little bit passe, but really it's not overly expensive to have really, really cool business cards. And it will make you stand out more than just about anything else out there. So put that extra effort in there and show that you're investing in your company and uh, be that number one. Yeah, I love that that piece of advice. I think it's extremely valuable to still have business cards. I just went to an event um, earlier this week where 
you know, I'm, I'm handing out my business card to everyone. I still do every time I network, I'm always the one the the, you know, offer the card up. Um, but I was surprised at how many people did, did not have cards actually. And I don't know if that's a, a COVID thing that, Oh, you know, I don't need cards anymore or um, they just feel like it's not necessary, but I'm a, I'm a fan of the card. I'm a fan of writing, you know, a little note on it. And it's a reminder to me to, to follow up and reach out to someone, you know, I'll put the card kind of, you know, on my desk as a, you know, for that top of mind awareness. So I very much believe there's still a valuable tool in, in your own, you know, branding and marketing game. Yeah. And even, and I've heard strategies of sometimes people will say, well, I don't give business cards out. So it gives me a reason to reach back out to someone. And yeah, you can, you can play some of those games, but no matter what, you might as well have some in your pocket because it's, it's going to pay off. Yep. Totally agree with that. Um, Kurt, if anyone is interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way that they can reach you? Well, Lori, well, people can reach me personally through my LinkedIn profile. You can look up Kurt Clyden and both with uh, K and because there's no other Kurt Clyden in the world. I'm lucky in that aspect that uh, my name is individual enough. Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn uh, and then you can find out more about our company. It's uh, Clyden.com, K-L-E-I-D-O-N.com. So uh, look forward to hearing from people and particularly on LinkedIn. I mean, feel free to connect with me because I want to hear what you all that's listening to this, what's on your minds as well, and just uh, learning more from you. Love that. We'll include that information in the show notes. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be on the show, Kurt. Well, thank you, Lori. It's my pleasure. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. If you have a burning marketing or relationship question, reach out. I'd love to answer it on the show. And as mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Kurt's looking forward to hearing from you. We both are looking forward to hearing from you. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I want you to go out there and get noticed. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.